Welcome to the SB Live California podcast. I'm Connor Morissette. Thank you so much for tuning in. This week, I spoke with Rolling Hills Prep senior point guard Benny Geeler. Geeler is the leading scorer for Rolling Hills Prep at just under 17 points per game. He's helped lead the Huskies to two Southern Section Championships in his time at the school. We discussed Geeler's commitment to Stanford as well as why he decided to stick with one high school and stay at Rolling Hills Prep for all four seasons of his high school career and a ton more. Hope you enjoy this week's interview. Here it is, Benny Geeler. Uh, I'm doing good. It's it's good coming full circle, you know, interviewing <laughs> freshman year and then coming coming back for the senior interview. And I, I think I've changed a lot and developed as a player, so... I'm excited to talk. Thank you so much. You're off to Stanford. I want to ask you about that. Bunch of things uh, on the agenda here. I know you didn't play in win number 900 for Coach Katani, but he did just win his 900th game. What's it like playing for a coach who has that kind of resume? Uh, I mean, he's an, the best coach I've ever played for uh, by far. Just And there's no, there's no secret why he's good. We work extremely hard. He doesn't uh, he doesn't let us rest. You know, he's always on top of us. I think the best part about coach overall is just he cares so much for the players. And, you know, there's so many people that play basketball and with AAU. And, you know, I've been with coaches that, you know, they don't even really know me as a player, as a person. And it's been amazing with someone who actually cares about where you go, your future, how you're doing, how you're doing that day. You know, we uh, we have this thing where every day at school we check in with coach in the morning, so it's kind of nice, you know, we talk to him, how your grades and everything. So I love Coach Katani. He's, he's helped me a lot as a player. He's been very supportive, and he's the first guy to tell me if I played bad or if I need to improve, uh, if, I, if I did well in a certain area. And then he's just legendary coach. I mean, his resume speaks for, for, uh, for itself, like you said, Fairfax, and then comes here, and then, you know, we just progressively keep getting better. It's nice. I know I didn't. I wasn't here his first year. I think I came the second year. But you know, to go from Division Five and now potentially a chance at Open is it speaks for itself. Describe to me those check-ins. So you get to school. I've been to his office. So do you have to like check in with him in his office? How does that all work? Yeah. So I mean, we just walk in the office. You know, I mean, the conversation changes every day. If it's a game before, it's like, you know, sometimes he'll pull up his TV and start showing us a a, a film that we did. Uh, game film, you know, oh, you did this wrong or, you know, s- set the guy up like this or, you know, scouting the other team. Other times it's just like, how are you doing? You know, if you're behind on the on a assignment, you know, he checks in. So it's, it's different every day. Uh, yeah. That is really great to have that personal relationship with coach as well. I've watched a couple of your practices and it's funny, he'll stop the practice if something is wrong and bring everyone in. And it seems like he's doing not only a lot of just watching but he's teaching so much every practice and he's not afraid to stop it and really get in your guys faces describe a practice for people who haven't seen a rolling hills prep practice yeah well like you said there's a lot of stopping and uh i mean we call it like the pursuit of perfection you know you can't you have to nitpick every little detail you know if you do one little thing wrong because it's the it's the little details that end up creating something bigger so you know we, we do stop a lot and we're always correcting how can we improve uh as far as like general practice, you know, a lot of defensive stuff, a lot of rebounding, uh, very simple and very consistent. You know, we have a we have a routine. We do our footwork, we do our defense. So it's nothing crazy, nothing you haven't seen before. It's just we do it at a high level. We're all focused. We're all locked in. You know, the guys, everyone just locked in. There's there's no time. We use these two hours or however long we have the gym to maximize uh, our time. 
you don't have anything to compare it to because you've been at Rolling Hills Prep your whole career. But how much of an advantage is it to have coach because you're so well prepared? He understands the mental part of the game in addition to the physical part, obviously. But ment mental uh, basketball is so important with him. It just seems like in the era of high school basketball, if Rolling Hills Prep plays a team where they might have a little bit more talent, you guys will still probably win the game. And I think it has a lot to do with Hari. How big of an advantage is he? Yeah, well, I mean, like you said, we, we, we usually, I feel like we out-prepare most teams. So it's a sense of comfort that you get going on the floor, knowing that you've done all you could as a unit and yourself and coach as well. You know, he's given, all the coaching staff has given their best effort. You feel comfortable going out. Like they may have more talent in this area, but we know what we know what we have to do, and we're we're just ultra prepared, over prepared. Uh, so it's just a sense of comfort, and you get on the court and you're confident. You don't have to you don't have to get on and worry like take five minutes to realize who you're defending or how they play. You already know that stuff, so it's nice. You don't have to name a name or, or a team, but I'm putting you on the spot here. Is there an example from this season or in years past when you can think, okay, our preparation really we were prepared for this team doing this you know what I mean like maybe they, they hadn't shown something on film but but you knew it was coming anyway just can you give me an example of a time you were prepared and it, it worked out perfectly for your group uh specific examples are pretty hard but I'd say the Miracosta game uh you know they, they're an up-and-coming team we played them earlier this season they're really good yeah good team uh so we just we had a really we had a really detailed scouting report on their players uh Will and I forgot the other guy's name but they're solid we knew Will like to go left and drive it to the paint. Just super, super good details. And I remember, now that it's reminded me, freshman year when we played against Modern Day, I was guarding Devin Askew, a uh, good player. And we just, I knew all his moves. So, I mean, he was better <laughs> than me for sure at the time. But I was just, I was able to compete with him. Uh, just knowing the coach would tell me his moves, what he liked to do, his tendencies, when he'd be aggressive, you know, later in the fourth or, you know, and just how he played, and we were able to give him a run for their money because of that. It seems like Coach Katani trusts you a lot more, and he has plenty of reason to because of the the steps you've taken as a basketball player now as a senior and junior compared to where you were as a freshman and sophomore. Sometimes if the offense isn't going well, you'll take a shot and from pretty far away. And Coach Katani, I feel like if it's another player, would be like, what What are you doing? But with you, it's, it's okay. What's it like to have earned that trust from him? Uh, I, I, it's, I mean, it's great. I, <laughs> I, uh, I work really hard on my game and uh -huh. every shot I've, I take, I've taken it a thousand times and he knows the work I've put in. So it's kind of this, I wouldn't say it's this mutual agreement or trust that, you know, I'm going to trust him and whatever he says I'm going to do. And he trusts me with my game and my, you know, uh, kind of my natural reads and decisions. And I mean, I've shot some bad shots and, but I've also had some shots that are big time, you know, and you know, like ISO shots or shots that he didn't necessarily draw up to it. So uh, it's nice. And every, you know, every year as I've got up, I have, we call it the green light. I get more of that every time. <laughs> so it's good. I feel comfortable. And I feel like overall it's helped the team. You know, I can, I can do, he, he trusts me to make a decision that, you know, he, he didn't necessarily write up. So that's good. I can certainly speak to that. It absolutely helps the team when you, they have a guy like you to be the go-to guy. Let's talk about Stanford, Benny. So you, you got in. Congratulations. You're going to be a walk-on for the Cardinal. A, we'll start with this. How excited are you to get up there and be on that team? Uh, I'm, I'm extremely excited. I mean, watching them play, you know, I've, I've been watching their league games. They, they just had a big win against USC. Just love the competitive nature. And 
you know, it's an unbelievable opportunity to play basketball at a Pac-12 school, which is really, you know, really high level, high level competition and high level league, and then also get an unbelievable education. So it's kind of the best of both worlds. And uh, I've been in contact with the coach. I was in contact with the coaching staff for a little while, and they came to some of my games. And I appreciate the opportunity, and I know coaches helped with that as well. Uh, so I'm extremely excited. Do you have a chip on your shoulder trying to go in as a preferred walk-on and, and get some playing time? Uh, I mean, I, I've always kind of played with a chip on my shoulder. I wouldn't say it's uh, necessarily because I'm a walk-on. Uh, I mean, the label doesn't really mean mu no nothing to me. It does. I mean, I'm a walk-on, but basically what I'm trying to do is every day I work, I'm trying to just become the best me and the best basketball player I can become. Uh, you know, I've... As I've gotten older, I've kind of come to the realization, you know, you can't control what other people think or how they view your game. Uh, just knowing yourself at, <clears throat> knowing yourself as a player and what you can do and just keep improving. I feel like that's my main, uh, my main focus. But, yeah, always play with a chip on my shoulder. And I, uh, I'm never really – I'm never content. You know, I know people – some people, they get good accomplishments or they go this place and that place. And they, they kind of, you know, they get a little content like I'm something. I always want to keep improving and getting better, and there's always room for that. I could certainly see you earning a scholarship, too, as time goes on. You certainly have the talent to go up there and make a big impact, so I'm excited to follow your college career. It's going to be really exciting. This season, you guys only have the one loss to Korean Lutheran. You have a shot to potentially go into the Open Division. You're all the way up to Division One now in the Southern Section uh, Division list. And you mentioned the year before you got there was Division Five, so it's been quite the ladder climb for your group. Would you rather go Open Division, where you'd face Corona Centennial, Sierra Canyon, some of the top teams in the state, or Division One, a more realistic shot at a section championship? Uh, for sure, Open, no question <laughs> in my mind. Uh, uh, I wouldn't want to settle for Division One. Uh, I've said this multiple times. I think we can compete with open teams. Uh, I don't want to be put in open like, oh, you know, we're, we're doing them a favor. I think whatever eight seed, seven seed, you know, I'm playing Sierra Canyon, Corona Centennial, we'll give these guys a run for their money and we'll be prepared, like you said. So after that, you know, you just play hard. And But open for sure, I feel like you always want to put yourself against the best competition. Then you can really know how good you are as well. You know, you can't. They can't take that away from you if you do win open or if you do some amazing things because you're doing it against the best competition. Certainly, that'll be really fun to watch. I think in my rankings right now, I have you guys as the number nine team in the southern section, which obviously would be one away from the top eight. So long way to go. We can see what happens if you get into the top eight. That would be a great story. It'll be fun to watch. And who knows, you guys could certainly win a couple games, like you said. So I'm excited to see how it all plays out. we got about a month left of the season. Benny, let's switch gears a little bit. So... In March of 2020, you had just finished your sophomore year, and then COVID hits, and you don't play high school basketball again until junior year last year when you guys win the 2AA section championship. Forget about basketball for a second. How tough has the pandemic been for you as a kid who the majority now of your high school career has been in a COVID-19 world where your freshman year, you no, like anyone, no one knew what the heck was going to happen with this, uh, and, and now it's taken over your high school life so to speak uh, how tough has that been for a teenager like yourself uh, I mean it's been difficult no difficult than anyone else I mean uh, I've played I played basketball as a big part of my life so it kind of limited that at a time I was fortunate to have a hoop in front of my house that I was able to you know shoot on but I know a lot of people they didn't have access to you know I knew they were removing rims from parks they didn't even <laughs> yeah. have access to shoot so uh, 
I mean, I'm just, I'm grateful. You know, it looks like we're getting through and I'm grateful I'm healthy right now. Uh, so it's been difficult, but I've worked through it and I'm fortunate. Certainly. Talk to me a little bit about leadership. I remember interviewing you as a freshman and you talked about how you looked up to Chris and JT and Vaughn, guys who had been in the program for a while and were the senior and junior leaders for you. Now you're in that role as a senior leader. What prepared you to be such a great leader and why do you think you're, you're in this position with this team? Because it seems like at first, you know, like any freshman would be, uh, you didn't have the leadership role and now you're clearly the leader for this Huskies team. Uh, yeah, I think one important part is I really know the game and I've played under coach for so long. So I'm almost like, I wouldn't say a second coach, but almost at that level where I can, you know, help the guys out as far as just the basketball part. And that's, they, you know, they can trust me with that. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think leadership is never going to show up on the stat sheet. You know, you can have, you can have a game where you have zero points and, you know, terrible statistic game, but somehow you were able to impact another player. You were able to help this guy. And I've really taken pride in that. And, uh, knowing that my role goes beyond literally just the basketball part, but it's, it's at school checking up on guys. I mean, Coach, is, Coach Katani's the best leader we've had, so I've, I've learned from him a lot on uh, what it means to be a leader. And it's, it's a very, it's a selfless mentality. It's hard, it's hard to do, you know, you gotta put people, uh, you know, you put your teammates above yourself, you know. If this guy missed a shot, it's like, how can I get him an easy shot? Uh, so I think it's, as a leader, you got to look at every little thing. You know, how is this kid doing at school? What's going on in his home life? To a certain extent, yeah, yeah. right? I mean, you don't want to be. Uh, but yeah, no, just being selfless, I think, is the, the main aspect of being a leader that I've, I've developed over the years. Absolutely. And reading in the LA Times, Harvey was quoted as saying he had all those great Fairfax teams, but he said you'd start on any one of those teams. What does that mean to you to have a starting uh, spot carved out if we go back in the historical, uh, if we were to redraft all the teams that Harvey's had, you'd be a, a starting five in, in any combination of, those, of that group. What does that mean to you? Uh, I'd love to play with some of those Fairfax guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, I appreciate that from Coach. Uh, and I believe in myself, too, that I could have played uh, – I'm sure there was some legendary games with Westchester, you know, Trevor Reza that I, I would have dreamed to be a part of. So uh, that's, that's very nice of him. In 2018, when we spoke, I keep bringing up this interview. If anyone wants to watch it on YouTube, uh, they can. We spoke, and the first thing you said was, I'm excited to be here for four years. Three years later, here we are. You're in year four. In an era of transfers, I have two questions for you. A, why did you stick around? And B, Guys like you, we see it all the time, they switch schools. Um, why do you think that happens so much? But we'll start with A, why'd you end up sticking it out? Uh, <laughs> Pretty I mean, easy with Coach. Well, yeah, no, very easy, obviously great program. I mean, basically, simply put, this, this is, these are my family members, pretty much. You know, I spend so much time with them. And it's, it's weird for me just to, you know, have these, just, you know, leave and spend a year here and go to another school. You know, I've, I've built relationships with a lot of these guys are my best friends and coach is really close as well. Uh, so that's one part. And just you want to create your own path, in my opinion. You want to you want to develop in one place. It's it's easy just to go where the talent is or, you know, you have an opportunity to win. But uh, I think the fact that I've stayed has helped me grow a lot as a person, you know, like even in the real life when you get out and you can't just leave every job if you don't like it. You know, you have a bad boss or uh, a bad coworker. There's there's some sort of enjoyment as working through and developing and growing. Uh, it's a nice process, so I'm I'm happy and 
I called it out freshman year. Yeah, you did. So, I mean, also my mom is like just education. You want to stay at the same school, and it's been a good school. I know all the teachers, so a combination of a lot of things. You may not have the answer to the, the second part of it, but guys in your position who want to go on, play Division One college basketball, we see them switch in and out of schools all the time. Why do you think that is? Why is it that people feel like if they move around it might help them – get a better uh, opportunity to play at the next level. It seems like you're a pretty shining example of sticking around can, can really help your case. Why do you think people in your position opt to move around so much? Yeah, I mean, I think there's benefits to moving around for some people. I mean, it's situational. Uh, I think now in, like, the social media age and uh, how, however many coaches there are, and, you know, it's a business for a lot of people. Uh, you know, coaches will tell, tell players, like, we really want you or, you know, like, this player is getting highly recruited, and it, they make it really easy to move around. Uh, Everyone's going to tell you you're the best player and make you feel great, and I feel like that's at an all-time high. Uh, like, you know, you can get a mixtape and look like the best player in California, but it could be from, <laughs> like, 30 games, you know, and you, you got to see a real game and know how good you are. So I feel like uh, that's that's one of the reasons why people move around. And uh, it's I think it's, in a way, it's easy just to go, like I said, go to the good teams that you're just going to win and, get scouted but nothing against people that do move around there's there's opportunities that are sometimes better you know uh i just i, I take pride in staying in the same place please do not name any names did anyone ever try to get you to switch schools at any point or not really uh i mean not really no <laughs> not that i can remember i'm kind of locked in my family's locked in and it's hard to leave a place too when you've had success you know how do you win a how do you win two cif southern sections and then try to leave you know to me that it, it just doesn't make sense Harvey said to you your freshman year the mental part of basketball is four more times as important than the physical part is that still true in your senior year now uh I'd say for sure I mean you, you got to have a little athleticism yeah. to play the game you know but uh yeah I mean you got to know the game I feel like it's a separator for me as well uh you know just having a good IQ and knowing knowing uh knowing the play before it happens uh, super important and when he says that as well it's also just like when he says mental it's like hard work discipline you know all those little things uh, I mentioned this but like when I say he doesn't let us rest basically like resting your brain is like mentally relaxing like you're not you're not engaged and it's something that he's always focused on like in practice you know you have to be engaged in every drill even if you've done it a million times and you think you can do it perfect there's always room for improvement and that's that's part of being like just locked in You've clearly bulked up a bit since our interview in your freshman year. Is it weight training? Is it diet? Is it both? What have you focused on to try to fill out a little bit? Uh, yeah, just natural growth uh, with age. Uh, I do, yeah, I lift a little bit. Uh, also, like you said, diet. I try, to, I try to eat extremely healthy. I try to limit, like, refined carbs and uh, just sugars like that. Uh, so just, just, I think it's a combination of multiple things probably the main thing is just me growing in age and getting <laughs> older uh but yeah I feel like my body's uh the strongest it's ever been and it's, it's helped me with my game as well I can you know if, if the defender's still in front of me I can use my bumps and bump them off to get my shot off of uh, my shot off and it's it's helped my game evolve a lot another question that I didn't tell you about just popped into my head off the top of your head do you have a favorite high school game that you you played in I mean the championships are, are obviously going to come to the forefront but what do you think the best game you've ever had in high school is and if you don't know right now we can always come back to it at the end because like uh, I said put you on the spot 
I'm not sure. I mean, the game that's coming to mind, I don't know. I have bad memory, but probably Los Altos just because we won that game. And uh, it's funny because usually, you know, CIF games are at a neutral location and we're just going in there, uh, you know, at their home crowd and they were expected to win that one and we just come out and I had a very subpar first half as far as shooting the ball and putting it in the basket, but I just, I came through second half and put up a good number of shots and was efficient and uh, yeah, I'd probably say that game a lot, everyone played really well that game too, so my teammates playing well complimented my game. Uh, it was kind of like a culmination of a long COVID year. Uh, a lot of workouts and practices outside, unsure if we were even going to be in playoffs, you know, after school. Just everything was weird about that that season. And that game just came full circle. And I feel like it just everything worked out in that second half for me. And I remember the year before, it had been a long time since that playoff game previously, but you guys had a really frustrating loss to Capistrano Valley Christian, right, in the first round of, of the playoffs. So I'm sure winning that title was redemption. It made you feel pretty good. Uh yeah, no, for sure. That that was a super tough loss, and we had a bad taste in our mouth. Uh, that was for a year plus. And for sure, and coach didn't let us forget it, and that's, you know, every practice, you know, you, you, you want to remember the loss, not let it bring you down, but it was always in the back of our mind, like, you know, we're not going to lose first round of playoffs. You know, we're going we're gonna to go where we deserve, and the work we put in right now will bring us to the, to the championship, and it kind of happened. How does your defense change from opponent to opponent? I'm sure you're doing a lot of the, the same things game in and game out, but when you're playing a Jazz Gardener for Los Altos, I'm sure it changes. And then Miracosta, like you mentioned earlier, you were keying in on two guys. Take me through how much defense can change from one game to the next under Coach Katani. Uh, yeah, I mean, we, we, we run majority man-to-man uh, -man defense. Uh, so we have a lot of basics that and fundamentals and foundation that we've been working on. That really doesn't change uh but just like guy to guy you know sometimes we're gonna have to guard the pick and roll differently sometimes we're gonna have to double if the guy can't shoot we'll go under uh just little things the thing i'd say is it probably doesn't change too drastically it's yeah. more small uh little little super small details that we make adjustments on uh and that's why we're so good and we just we practice a lot of it and we do it so much that a lot of it's just instinct, you know, being in the right position and help side. Uh, I think one part of defense that we're pretty good at as a team relative to other high schools is just communicating, having conversations on the floor. Uh, you know, I, I got help middle, uh, just and knowing where other guys uh, on the court are defensively. And coach always says like, a lot of times people look on the offensive end to see if someone's selfish, you know, they don't pass the ball, but, uh, Defensively, you can tell a lot too. If a guy's like hugging his guy and not communicating, not engaged weak side, you can tell a lot about a player. Got a few other questions for you, Benny, and then we'll let you get back to practice as listeners can hear going on in the background. First, who's the best player you've ever played against and what was that game like? Uh, it was actually probably probably a folly game. Uh, I played against a lot of guys too, like Amari Bailey, you know, here and there, Jared McCain now. Uh, but I'd probably say KJ Simpson in a folly game. Uh, I think he's at Colorado right now. Uh, you know, there's times you just you feel vulnerable to the moves <laughs> he is doing. And usually, like, I, I don't deal with too many guys that are quicker than me. I, I think he was quicker than me for sure. Uh, uh, he was, like, 
probably just the one guy in high school that was literally like he felt unstoppable at moments of the game. I mean, he was hot as well at times. Uh, he's for sure the hardest guy I'd had to go. That combination of speed and the shooting ability that he had, certainly I do not envy trying to defend him. So I, I, I hear you when you say that. Is Kemba Walker still your favorite player? He was your favorite player in 2018. Uh, I, I still I like Kemba a lot, just his explosiveness being like, they say he's six feet, he's probably like 5'10", <laughs> and just like just crazy step backs. And, uh, probably not my favorite anymore. I, I like Steph a lot. I like Trey Young, Luka Doncic. Uh, Steve Nash is one of my favorites. So I kind of, even guys that I don't play exactly like, you know, I can, I can take certain parts of their game and appreciate it. Big fan of Jaw right now. He's just going oh, yeah. crazy. Uh, so probably not Kemba as much anymore. And he isn't having the most success in the NBA <laughs> either. Uh, big guy too right now, I forgot, is Chris Paul. Just the way he's, he's you know, he was athletic in his prime, but he's not, not the most athletic right now. Another smaller guard and just manipulating the game and just every play down he's manipulating the defense. Just so smart. So he can still impact the game uh, as he gets older. Yeah, I was listening to a podcast about him the other day. And they said the same thing. The athleticism may not be what it was, but he can take over a game in the sense that I know that I'm not going to take every shot, but every shot that we get on the offensive end with five minutes to go is going to be a good look. Mm -hmm. And I feel like you can kind of do that in the high school level a little bit, so that's a great comparison. Or, I mean, I'm making the comparison. Yeah. You did not make the comparison, but I, I see it a little bit. Benny, the last thing for you, what are your future goals either in life, uh, basketball, otherwise? You can take that question wherever you want to go. Uh, yeah, I mean, I want to play at the highest level possible. Uh, I mean, NBA has been my dream for, for a long time. And uh, something that's funny, and I've I seen this, uh, this quote on Instagram, or someone said it, I forgot who is like, no one's going to believe in you till you actually make it. I think that's very true, you know. Until you're at the position, there's always going to be people doubting. And then even when you get there, there's going to be people doubting. Uh, but, yeah, it's been, it's been a dream to play in the NBA. So just continuing to work in. I'm also a big believer in uh, if, if you're good enough to play, you'll play. And if you're not good enough, you're not good enough. You know, I feel like at the younger levels, you know, AAU now, uh, it's it's a little confusing to know how good you are. Because like I said, everyone is like has their mixtape and they think they're good. But I mean, it's a business at the highest level. And if you're good enough, they want you. Uh, same thing at college. So just keeping keep developing and I'm, I'm fortunate to go to Stanford too because you know I, I hurt myself I injure myself I have uh, have a great education that I can use in uh, in whatever aspect in my life and carry that on so I, I, I'd say I don't have like a set in stone plan I have dreams I have goals uh, uh, and just continuing to pursue those any idea what you want to major in we'll get you out of here with that uh, I'll go undeclared first two years and then probably I'm leaning towards economics uh, maybe management science and engineering I'm, I'm just deciding i'll i'll go undeclared and see what the other guys do talk to academic advisors coaches and then make a decision yep it's january of 2022 you got plenty of time to, to figure it all out well benny thank you so much for joining me i really appreciate it we'll let you get back to practice i've been keeping you for a little too long now so thank you so much man this has been a great great time talking with you really appreciate it thank you so much i appreciate you